Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Lone Wolves Club podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Porter, and if you are tuning in for the first time, this is actually the second part of a conversation that I had with my friend Logan. Part one has already been uploaded. It's called What Makes Us Human. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, I highly recommend it because this episode starts in the middle of our conversation. We talked for over two hours and I thought that was way too long for an episode. So I cut in half. So part one has already been uploaded and this is part two. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer as to why this episode starts a little bit abruptly. So again, if you haven't gone back and listened to episode one or the last episode, rather, I recommend that you go do that and then dive into this one. And I also wanted to remind you where you can keep in touch with me. You can follow me on Instagram at lonewolvesclub.pod. And you can email me at lonewolvesclubpod at gmail.com. Both of those are great places to keep the conversation going, to leave me any feedback, any episode ideas. And also, please don't forget to share any episodes that resonate with you. Um, my goal with this podcast is to start conversations that you won't hear or find in the church. And so I really want to keep these conversations going and spread them around. So please remember to share if a particular episode resonates with you. Share with your friends, have discussions on it, and remember to rate and review from whatever platform you listen to podcast on. This is another great way to spread the conversation and to introduce more people to the podcast and bring more people into the conversations that I've been having with my friends lately. All right, that is my plug. (laughs) And so now on to the rest of the episode. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, I think Christians have, and we we talked about this with Tommy, Tommy and Tyler, you know, Christians love to make this hierarchy of sin where it's like, oh, if you're a murderer, you're like way up there. But if you lie a little bit, you're kind of on the bottom of sin. Like, that that's okay. That's more acceptable because everyone does it, right? Everyone lies. Everyone, you know, tells a white lie here and there, or some people just outright lie. It's not the end of the world. We all do it. But I think when it comes to being gay, and this is a whole other topic of whether, you know, being gay is a sin or not. Some yeah. Christians say yes. Some Christians say no. Tyler and I actually want to have an episode where we sit down and talk about this because he's come to a lot of interesting conclusions. But for the sake of the argument, let's say that, you know, homosexuality is a sin. And I'm still even making up my own mind about that. So that's why I'm like, for the sake of an argument. (laughs) So if it is a sin, so many Christians want to put it like right at the top. (laughs) And I think it's because again, like it is so uncommon, like murdering someone or like, you know, all of these other like bigger sins. And so people want to kind of like put it at the top of like, it is the worst thing in the world. But like you said, if, you know, how did you word it where you were like, we should all be forgiven equally, right? Like we, we, we should all have all, equal opportunity. To right. Be we all have equal opportunity to be forgiven. And so why is one sin greater than the other but like on the other side of that coin and like 
I think initially this statement might sound kind of horrifying. Mm-hmm. But even murder, even the worst thing you could imagine, somebody torturing somebody, something doing absolutely just foul and humane. We're not the people who have the right to put that into a hierarchy. Right. Like, that's not, that's beyond humanity. Right. Like, from, we nobody knows God's perspective because God is this all-knowing, all-seeing. Mysterious every Everything, being. <laughs> like, that we're not going to comprehend. Right. You're just supposed to, like, respect. Or right. Whatever. It's, like, I don't understand, like, I understand that people want structure. Like, that's just a thing of humanity. Maybe that's another failure of humanity, that everybody wants some type of structure because it's easier to live within some sort of rules. It's easier to have some sort of moral values, some sort of code, some sort of anything to help you make decisions in your life. Right. And I think most humans would be like, Oh, yeah, sure, there's a hierarchy and murders at the top. Mm-hmm. But even that, I don't, I don't know that I agree. Like, no. I don't, yes, murder's bad. Like, right. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, even though I'm not Christian, I still think it's beyond the scope of humanity to put sin or mistakes or failures into a hierarchy. Right. Like, we have a penal system that does that. It right. doesn't do great. Like, the penal system's a nightmare. <laughs> but... I mean, because somebody's murdered, have they lost all rights to humanity? Like, have right. they, like, can they never recover? Can they never be forgiven? Right. Can they like, never be redeemed? By Christianity's rules, no matter what you've done, you should have an equal opportunity as that person who told one white lie in their entire life right. to be forgiven. Right. And on a slightly different note, but along the same lines... If you believe that God doesn't make mistakes, and this this is another viewpoint I've heard against transness, and people outside the LGBT community tend to group gay and trans people together. People within the community tend to view it very separately. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rights movements have not been equal either, but that's a whole other topic. Um, like like I was saying about my my sister's boyfriend's mother. <laughs> um, like, if you believe God doesn't make mistakes, some people stop at that. They say, oh, Logan, you were born as a girl. God doesn't make mistakes, so you're supposed to be a girl. Mm. I'm like, well, if God doesn't make mistakes, and I've transitioned, and I am who I am, mm-hmm. then that shouldn't be a mistake either. Right. I think some people stop. They say, like, here's the beginning. Here's the starting point. And at whatever point I get uncomfortable with it, that's the cutoff for what God's mistakes are. Right. And I'm like, it shouldn't work that way. It's not about you. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, I share kind of different passages from the Bible from time to time in my episodes because I think that a lot of Christians kind of forget that a lot of what Jesus taught was like actually how little we understand of the kingdom of heaven (laughs) and actually how little we understand of the mind of God. Because like you said, you know, God is this like mysterious, all-knowing, all-seeing, you know, being who's been before the dawn of time as Christians believe. And so, you know, like Jesus obviously says, like, if you know me, you know the Father, like, you know God. But like, there are so many stories throughout the Bible where Jesus kind of 
turns religion on its head and he makes people question what they even know about religion. And I think a lot of Christians forget, backtracking a little bit to like sin and like the hierarchy of sin, that like when Jesus was crucified, he was crucified between two other um, criminals and they were both murderers. One murderer was mocking Christ and they were like, oh, if you're the son of God, then like call down heaven and like rescue us from this like awful, torturous death. (laughs) But then the other murderer kind of rebuked him and was like, don't you know who this man is? This man is the son of God. And so, Jesus turns to that person who recognized him for who he was and he says, or the, the murderer asks him, you know, Jesus, when you enter your kingdom today, will you remember me? Like, will you remember me in heaven? And Jesus responds to the murderer and he says, you know, today you will be with me in paradise. And so, I think a lot of Christians forget, like, he said that to our murderer (laughs) who was like dying next to him. And he said, like, yes, today you will be with me in paradise. And the only thing that got that man into heaven was just an acknowledgement of who God is. And that's what a lot of Christians believe or should believe that, like, heaven isn't about being a good person or not, that's not what gets you into heaven. Your your faith and your expression of God is what gets you into heaven. And so, I think it's really interesting that a lot of Christians kind of forget when it comes to sin or when it comes to mistakes or whatever, Jesus kind of turns all of that on his head. But that's an aside. <laughs> it kind of brings up the art, the question of, should your goal be to become the best human or to be the most human? Mm, I like that question. <laughs> because you can try and try and try not to sin. Mm-hmm. And of course, you shouldn't try to sin. Right. I think everybody can agree on that point. Right. Be a good person. Do good things. <laughs> but if you've been given this gift of life, and I don't have to be Christian to believe that, that I have been given this gift. I mean, being trans is a massive gift. That was the first thing I learned to love about myself. And it's the thing that's easiest to love about myself. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing that when it's acknowledged is the easiest for me to see as love towards myself. Mm-hmm. And... Most of it just because I have, it's something that I did with my own autonomy. It's something that was my, purely my choice. I made it happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's one I just lost my train of thought. But <laughs> but it's, there's just so many things. It's like, oh, you were talking to, about be human is to be human is to suffer. To be human is to be happy. To be human is to sin. To be human is to be flawed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest point. All humans are flawed. All humans make mistakes, some bigger than others, but that's not for anybody on here to judge. Right. It's, I guess I just don't understand the judgmental aspect of it. Like, there's so many Christians who they make it their persona to say, this is what I can and can't accept. Mm -hmm. This is who is and isn't allowed in my life. This is who I can and can't respect. Right. And when you're putting these boundaries out there, it just feels like you're throwing away that whole God doesn't make mistakes thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like saying like, God doesn't make a mistake except for when it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And being uncomfortable is part of life. If, if suffering is part of being human, being uncomfortable certainly is. For sure. And so should your goal be to be the best human and to try to make a hierarchy so that you can be at the top of it when there's not going to be a hierarchy in heaven that you're at the top of? Mm-hmm. Or should you try to be the most human and be uncomfortable and learn about everything around you and face those doubts and still say, 
it is my choice to believe in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, like piggybacking off of what you said, that there's no hierarchy in heaven, Jesus even says so many times, like throughout the Gospels, that the first shall be last. Right. That like kind of turning it on his head of like, oh, if you think that you're going to get like crowns and jewels in heaven because you went to church every day and because you did this and that, it's like you would be shocked at like who will be, you know, recognized in heaven, like above you, basically. Like you will be surprised who has the favor of God, who has, you know, the love of God just because you think you're, you know, you've checked all the right boxes and you've done all the right things and you think that makes you a good person. It's like, well, you would be surprised that God might value the confession of faith from a murderer over someone who goes to church every day of their life. Yeah. And (laughs) And so that's what he means by like the first shall be last, you know. And kind of circling back to the beginning of my story with my mother, it's my mom recently started her own Christian blog about how to be a good Christian, (laughs) which I kind of laughed at. It also kind of infuriated me and it also is painful. Yeah. Because this is someone who is fully estranged from me and saying, but I'm a good Christian, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's. And again, just I've talked about how my sister's angry at her and I'm how she's ill and. None of this gives me any sort of right to say or to judge her on her journey and to say, you could have been a better human. Mm. I think she's the most human she can be. Mm -hmm. And could she have made better choices? Yes. Could she have been a better mother? Yes. I've spoken about some of the trauma she's put me through and they were horrible. And I still have nightmares, even though I've been in therapy and medication for seven years trying to deal with this, and I'm going to be for the rest of my life because of how horrible it was. But it's not for me to judge her. Mm. And I also think there's this misconception that for people who say they aren't Christian, it doesn't necessarily mean you don't believe in God. Mm. I am agnostic when it comes to believing in God. Mm -hmm. I think there could be many gods. I think there could be a Christian God. I think there could be no gods, but there probably is some sort of higher life form. Right. Just because where did all of this come from? Right. <laughs> um, and just because it, there is an aspect of meaning that I get thinking that there are higher beings involved. And, you know, I'm, I'm on my own path there and it's not going to be a Christian one. And I think that's okay because mm-hmm. that's me and that's how I'm going to live. And should I decide to convert at some point, which I don't foresee, again, I have equal opportunity to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Should all of this have been one massive mistake. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, it's like, I've been through traumatic things. I've been through horrible things and I don't have the right to say these people were better humans or worse humans. I can only say they were humans and I can respect mm-hmm. them as humans. And I can put a boundary between myself and them and say, I don't feel safe with you. Therefore I can't be around you. Mm-hmm. But that's different than saying, you make me uncomfortable. You challenge my worldviews. Therefore, I'm going to reject you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that like you've really taught me a lot in our friendship is just like your capacity for compassion. And I think that is a value that like sadly a lot of Christians are lacking. <laughs> but oddly enough, I think a lot of people who don't necessarily ascribe to the Christian worldview do have <laughs> because there were definitely moments in our friendship where I felt safer trusting you with 
certain information than I did trusting like my Christian friends or my Christian roommate or our Christian roommate, for example. Um, there's, there's a very, spe- I'm not going to go into details, but there's a very specific time. I remember we were living together. We were both in a terrible place when we were living together. <laughs> yeah. Like just very low points in our lives. Like you had just come back from China and you were in this major transition period. And I was also like, had just started coming out. And this is my kind of next step of like removing myself from my mom and like living separately and just creating a support network. But anyway, I was just in this terrible, like depressed place. Like I just did not have the capacity to do hardly anything, but cleaning up with my anxiety. So I was cleaning and this was like, not too early in the morning, maybe like nine, 10, something like that. Like you walked in the door and I could just see this like look of defeat on your face and just, I could just tell you were judging yourself so harshly. Mm. And like something we've been talking about in this episode is that like, it's not for you to judge. It's, you know, if a murderer can be forgiven, you could certainly be forgiven. And, but that's, that's part of it is that I trusted you to figure that out because of your faith, mm. because you have a faith that says you can be forgiven and because you know that you're on a path that will lead you to being forgiven. Mm. Um, and I think that's also what makes our friendship work a lot is just that mutual trust and respect. Just like I trust you to handle your business mm-hmm. and I don't know everything about your faith, but it, I also understand that it's not for me to know everything about your faith. It's just for me to trust that you have it and that it's meaningful to you and that it will save you in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, have we talked about the other Christian in the house yet? <laughs> uh, I don't think we had. If if we have, I can kind of splice it together. Yeah. <laughs> we um, we had a third roommate at the time, another person who was Christian. Um, and I think it's like you were just struggling with a lot of things at that point, And you had like these two very opposing views. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, like if you had only talked to the other Christian in the house, who was very like self-judgmental, but also like very goal oriented. Mm-hmm. She's very much working on herself, wanting to be a better Christian. Mm-hmm. And again, falling into that kind of trap of like, as soon as you say better, somebody has to be best. Somebody has to be worse. Right. It, she very it, much had that hierarchy kind of mindset. It's that hierarchy that's not for any of us to build. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like if you're, in a vacuum and you're only surrounding yourself with Christians, a Christian point of views, how are you supposed to grow? How are you supposed to grow in your faith? Right. How are you supposed to experience doubt that you can overcome and therefore have a deeper understanding and a deeper love? Right. And then with me, it was just, I knew it wasn't in a good place. I also kind of knew something would happen or I'd figure it out. And I did figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a one of the benefits of having exposure to people outside of your immediate worldview. Mm-hmm. And like you've probably heard the phrase love is love in relation to pride and in relation to gayness mm-hmm. in particular. And like within the LGBT plus community, like gay, bi, trans, it's all very separate. Like we mesh together because we're safer in a group. Like when I go to pride, I'm not scared. I mean, I'm scared. Somebody might target us from the outside, but like I'm with my people. 
Mm-hmm. Like these are people who understand me. They have an innate understanding that nobody else is going to have. Just like you with a group of Christians who have grown from a similar environment are going to have. Right. Um, like church is supposed to be a safe place. Right. For me, pride is a safe place. It's a place where I can go and I can be thankful for this gift I've been given of being trans, for this community I have. Mm-hmm. It's a place where I know I'm loved and I'm safe to love. Yeah. And being trans, it's the first thing I learned to love about myself. Mm. It is the easiest thing to love about myself, and it's the easiest thing to feel love toward myself when it's acknowledged. Mm. Like, when someone uses my pronouns, I feel that as love. I feel that as care. I feel that as respect. Right. And I think that's something that's easy and easy enough to ask. It's like, call me by my name. Mm-hmm. Call me by my pronouns. Yeah. And if you don't know, ask. And mm-hmm. if someone says no or don't ask that, say, oh, okay. Like, no one's going to jump in on your throat unless you're like horrendously rude. Right. <laughs> and you would know if you're being horrendously rude. A lot of people get stuck on like, oh, I don't want to be rude. I'm scared to ask. It's like, no, ask. We'll, t- we'll tell you. Right. <laughs> and we're not going to be like, how dare you? Right. Like, I've been asked some pretty interesting things before and I never jumped down anybody's throat. Right. But again, that, that whole capacity for love is... Again, this ties back to flaws. Everybody's flawed. Mm-hmm. And I... Th- I see a lot of flaw when it comes to love in Christianity. Yeah. In that there is so much hierarchy. There's so much trying to be the better person, the better Christian, the better human, instead of trying to be the most Christian, the most human, the Mm -hmm. most person. Right. The person who experiences the most of the gifts that have been given to you. To me, being trans is a gift. I love it. Sometimes I forget about it just because I'm just me and I don't always spend my time thinking, oh, who am I? Right. (laughs) But then you know who you are. (laughs) But then sometimes, you know, I'll look down or I'll look in the mirror and be like, oh, hey, like I've got more facial hair now. Like this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's, it wasn't my goal specifically to have facial hair, Mm -hmm. but it's a change that I made for myself through my own choices. And it's a form of self care. And when people see that and respect it, like when I was talking about my sister and you, like, since I'm closer to you, like asking questions and being curious, to me, I see that as care. Mm-hmm. For strangers, I tend to be more open than a lot of people, um, as long as people, like, aren't terrible to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, t- I'm typically pretty happy to have a conversation. Um, but yeah, that's the thing I see from you, and I think the reason a lot of our friendship works is because you are the type of Christian who loves. Like, I see you love me, I see you love yourself, I see you love Doug, I see you love your parents, I see you love people you struggle with. Um, and it's not to say you don't have boundaries, I have boundaries. Um, but again, the difference is, you can set a boundary and say, this person isn't safe to have in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's different than saying, this person makes me uncomfortable, therefore I'm going to reject them. Right. Like, one is about your safety and just saying, I'm trying to be the most human I can be. I can't be human. I can't make my own mistakes. I can't make my own choices with this person around. Right. If somebody is just different from you and makes you uncomfortable, well, God doesn't make mistakes. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to be the most human and take the most advantage of the gifts that, you know, God has given you or that you've been given, whatever your perspective is, 
then there should be an aspect of gratefulness, mm-hmm. whether it is for suffering or for uncomfortable like discomfort, mm-hmm. because you're going to grow from it. Yeah. Nobody wants it. Everybody wants it not to happen. Yeah. And I don't think that's a failure. I do think it is an opportunity. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've, like, I wouldn't say my life is meaningless, and yet I've, I'm 35, and, like, the large majority of those years, I was treated horribly. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to continue being treated horribly by a lot of people. Yeah. I can't turn on the radio, TikTok, social media, the television, my computer, anything and everything is going to face me with political and personal opposition to my existence. Yeah. Like kind of the way I feel Christianity can be more welcoming to like really anybody, but since we're on the topic of LGBTQ plus, like love your neighbor. Mm. Like you don't have to get along. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to look up to them. You don't have to go to their house and exchange recipes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you do have to sit with your discomfort. Mm. Anybody who's ever been to therapy has probably heard that phrase, right? <laughs> it's if you're going to grow, if you're going to learn, if you're going to overcome you have to learn to be uncomfortable. You have to learn to expand your comfort zone. Mm. Because if you only live within your comfort zone, if you never challenge yourself, yeah, then where where's the meaning in your life? Right. Like, how can you call it faith if you only live in your comfort zone? Mm-hmm. If you're only faithful when you're comfortable? Mm. That's really good. <laughs> and again, just like recapping back onto that, Like one thing I've heard when it comes to God and mistakes and trans people is, well, if God doesn't make mistakes, and if Logan, you were born and assigned female at birth, then you have to be female. You can't be trans. It stops at the point of other people's discomfort, not at God's discomfort, at other people's discomfort. Mm. Instead, why can't I be accepted as just another person who exists, another neighbor to love, another neighbor to see, to acknowledge, and to say yes or no, that's not for me. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We can walk our separate ways, but we don't have to hate each other. Right. We don't have to judge each other because that's not our right. Right. Yeah, 100%. And another kind of misconception, I don't remember if we covered this or not, is that I think a lot of Christians think that if you're a non-Christian, you don't believe in God. I'm agnostic when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. It's, I I believe there very well could be your God. He's Mm -hmm. not my God, but your God exists for you Mm -hmm. in some way. There's a lot of religions. I can't say all of them are wrong. I have my own practices. Sometimes I'm more with it. Sometimes I'm not. And But I acknowledge that those are mistakes I make because I am a flawed human, Mm -hmm. and I want to live as a human. I want to live, therefore, I want everything that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And just like I was thinking about what you were saying about how, you know, people need to, like, sit with their discomfort because that's where you actually 
grow. That's where you actually, you know, work out whether it's aspects of your faith or aspects of your worldview, but like discomfort helps you grow, right? Mm-hmm. That helps you move forward in life. And I shared, um, you know, like our story, like two episodes ago, and I shared, you know, when you, you know, came home like post-op mm-hmm. and, you know, I was there to like help you and support you because our other roommate kind of pieced out. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about that like a little bit, but you know, she, they kind of pieced out and, um, and like, to be honest, like that was a moment where I didn't really have a blueprint for like what to do next because Mm -hmm. like I grew up, you know, in the church, I grew up learning about God, but like when it came to like loving people and serving people and accepting people, it was always just kind of like those like platitudes of like, love your neighbors, you love yourself, but there was no blueprint for like, how do I love someone who's like truly, truly different than me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we don't really talk about that in church. And like, how do I love someone who has gone on a path that like many people in my religion may not understand? Right. And so for me, that was a moment where like I had to decide and I had to kind of be like, okay, like I am truly going to use this moment to walk out what I believe that like we've been talking about this whole time that you're another human who is worthy of help and love and respect and mm-hmm. kindness. And I'm going to treat you as I would treat myself, you know, as like the Bible says, right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Like that was a moment for me to, you know, not to like shine my own light or anything, <laughs> but I saw that as like a real growing moment in my life to kind of finally like, or maybe not finally, but in like a deeper way, like practice what I preach and mm-hmm. really live out, you know, what the Bible says and kind of put my money where my mouth is. And, and I'm not, I didn't do that just because like the Bible said so. Like I did yeah. that because I truly wanted to help you, <laughs> but it was like twofold, right? It was, it, it helped me grow deeper in my faith. It helped me grow deeper in my humanity. And I think it helped me grow deeper in my capacity for caring for other people, you know, um, again, not to like shine my own light or anything, but just to use that as an example of how, you know, that was like a really growing, stretching moment for me <laughs> that I didn't really see coming in my life, <laughs> but that I'm really thankful for because I feel like it has helped me tap into like a deeper level of, of empathy. Um, Cause I think it's one thing to sit there, you know, through a Sunday service and hear that like God is love and hear love your neighbors who love yourself. But then it's another thing to wake up at 3 a.m. and give someone their pain medicine. <laughs> you know, it's another thing to, you know, help someone wash their hair, right? It's another thing to like do, you know, all of the things that we did together during that time. And I think, again, if you kind of shut yourself off from people who have different worldviews than you, then you're also going to be robbed of those opportunities to grow and to truly just yeah have your humanity expanded (laughs) i think um but yeah and i was also thinking about what you said of how um you know christians can kind of make members of the lgbtq plus community feel more welcome and like you said like just a simple fact is you know just acknowledging people for where they're at you know it's like i always say i'm like what harm is it to you to you know to call people what they want to be called right like is it really is it really that big of a deal and so um 
I guess like maybe since we've kind of been talking for a while, unless you have any like further thoughts, like maybe we could end this episode with some kind of like practical tips or like resources or maybe like further things you want to teach people. Like for example, at the very top of the episode, we kind of hinted at like microaggressions, mm-hmm. for example, because I think a lot of Christians and just a lot of people in general don't realize that like while they may say like, oh, I, I, I'm cool with, you know, gay people, I'm cool with trans people, but then they'll still mock them, they'll still make jokes about them, they'll mm-hmm. still share memes about them, they'll still use microaggressions. And so I think a lot of Christians can maybe benefit from like you know not just talking the talk but walking the walk of like okay you say you love people but then you do these things that are maybe not so loving like use microaggressions so maybe to start with that maybe you could explain what that means for people who don't know yeah a microaggression is anything that kind of puts a like a preface or a precursor to something that is so for an example if somebody was asian american they wouldn't say, I identify as an Asian American. They would just say, I am an Asian American. Mm-hmm. So when you say like, oh, that person identifies as a trans woman, it kind of cheapens it. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like it's not truly factual. Um, it sounds like it's more of an opinion. Right. The same thing, you've probably heard something similar with pronouns. It's You taught me this actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not... Like there is an element of choice in your pronouns because it's how you want to be called and it's how you want to be talked about. Mm-hmm. It's not who you are, but it is about who you are. But it's just something to respect. It's and this is, I think, true for any group that's different from you. The reason communities exist is for safety and so you can thrive. And if the Christian community is separate from these communities, I think you should question why is there a wall between them? Mm-hmm. Because maybe, like, why is this, why is the disability community, or why is the trans community, or why is the gay community not interwoven with yours? Mm, That's a good question. And I was actually answering a questionnaire for a friend who, they were, he was taking a university course on education and had to fill out a a paper of, like, just an interview for um, someone who was, like, diverse, and he's like, you're the most diverse person I know. So can, you just, <laughs> so can you fill this out? I was like, sure. And one of the questions just kind of threw me for a loop. It was like, it was something to the extent of like, how would you describe a person with a disability? Hmm. And I was like, by their name? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's so simple. Like, why does everybody jump to, oh, this trans person, this disabled person, this autistic person, this black person, this those elements are a big factor in who that person is, but you start with the basics. Mm. You start with what is that person's name? Call them by it. Right. What is those person's pronouns? Use them. Right. Like, what is that person doing that day? Like, do they need help with groceries? Do they need help? Like, do they need a ride? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not always about their identity. Right. And... I think that's what a lot of people get caught up on and a lot of people get scared about. And also, it's okay to be curious. Ask questions, but first, do your own research. When you are part of a minority of any kind, you are often treated as an ambassador and as the end-all, be-all example of that community. And it's a lot of weight to carry because you're just one person. So my experience is only my experience. Even if I have knowledge of multiple people's experience, I can't fully share all of that. 
follow like one of my biggest recommendations is to follow people who are different from you on social media Mm -hmm. through repeated exposure. That is a fantastic way to overcome prejudice. Um, and we all have prejudices, even if we don't like the fact that we have them or want to acknowledge it. Right. Like we've just been taught from birth. Like, I mean, I grew up in an all white community with like very racist family and I had to work to overcome and I still am. I'm still doing that work. And it's a choice you have to make. It's not something that you can be passive about. You have to say, I'm going to expose myself to this. I'm going to sit in that discomfort and I'm going to learn. And I'm not going to go up to this black person or to this disabled person or to this trans person and say, do the work for me. Explain it all for me. If right. they're your friend, you can say, tell me your experience. That's another thing. Right. But if you're saying, give me the whole world, it's not supposed to sit on their shoulders. Right. Because like some people could find that very burdensome to have to answer like endless questions about like, what is it to be trans? And what about this? And what about that? And what about this other thing? Like it can be very burdensome and very tiresome to have to. It's, and it's not just that it's burdensome. It's that it takes away from the fact that what all you need to do is treat them as a human. Right. As soon as you're othering them by saying, but your experience is so different. Mm. It's not so different as to not be human. Right. It, like we both want to be called by our names. We both right. want to be have our pronouns used. Like we both want to be treated and to use the bathrooms we want to be in. Like right. neither of us is going to go throw down or like molest children. It's <laughs> like that's just wild to me that people think that. Right. And but yeah, the biggest thing is follow people who are different from you in social media. For trans people, there's all sorts of people who are out there. Mercury Stardust is adorable. She's from Madison. She is the trans handy ma'am. <laughs> and she teaches people how to fix up their apartments and rentals in a way that is legal and safe. Awesome. <laughs> um, she's actually doing a book tour right now. Aiden Dowling. Um, he, uh, he was on like some famous men's magazine cover for being like a fitness model, but now he talks about how like he had to learn to kind of love his body and not go like overboard and become unhealthy with like, I forget the term for it. Like he had like a, not a full-on blown eating. It's called disordered eating. Like oh. he had disordered eating because he was like so into trying to have the perfect male body. Yeah. And he had to learn to love himself. Yeah. Um, Laverne Cox, she just loves flaunting herself. And it's just fantastic because that's not something we see. We don't see a lot of joy, a lot of celebration of people who are different from us. Mm. Um, and watch Disclosure, Laverne Cox's documentary. Because it gives you those perspectives and it makes the point that it's not that we don't want to see, it's not that we're saying like, oh, don't show a trans person being murdered ever on television in a crime show. Don't ever make fun of a trans person in a comedy. It's saying, let this be one of a thousand different viewpoints of this population. Mm. Let there be more exposure. Let there be a more rounded out human treatment of this population. Mm. But yeah, that's, that's it. It's be respectful. Don't ask about a person's body or surgeries or medical situation. If you wouldn't ask somebody else about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really think about that. Like if you wouldn't ask a stranger this question, don't ask me. 
Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> like some people are more open than others. But again, like just ask too. like even ask, like, are you up for this type of conversation? Like, it shouldn't just be like, hey, do you have a moment? Okay, we're getting to the hard stuff. <laughs> it's like, that's an emotional burden. Yeah, I think a lot of people can can do that for sure. Like, just even check in with that person. And, you know, I tried to do that with you too, or even with Tommy and Tyler. Like, before we sat down and recorded, I was like, hey, if there's a question that I bring up and you don't want to answer it, you know, please let me know. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like you said before, you know, people can just be so afraid of saying the wrong thing or asking, asking the wrong thing. But I feel like most people, and I mean, myself included, like I have my own things that people can ask me about. And if I don't want to answer, I'll just respond with kindness and be like, hey, I, I don't really want to talk about that, mm-hmm. you know, or I don't want to answer that question right now. And I mean that with all like kindness and love. And so, yeah, I, I don't think you need to be afraid of asking people questions because if they want to answer them, they will. And if they tell you they don't, then they don't. And like, that's that. You don't need to be afraid or, or shy away from people who are different than you because you feel like, oh, I can't ask them questions or I can't question this or I can't get to know this or I can't whatever. It's like, no, you can just engage with them like you do with everyone else. And mm-hmm. yeah, if they want to open that door for you, they will. And if not, you know, that's okay. Like you said, like you're not going to like jump down people's throat for like asking you questions or <laughs> wanting to know more. If it's just something you don't want to answer, you'll just, you know, with all kindness, just be like, hey, I don't, I'm not comfortable answering that right now <laughs> or, or ever, or, you know, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's different levels of closeness and therefore there's different levels of love. Like you're going to love your literal neighbor, like your next door neighbor, different than you're going to love your best friend, different than you're going to love your family. And that's okay. It's, I forgot what I was saying. (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) I know we've been talking for a long time. (laughs) This might be a two-parter, y'all. Well, I think that's like a good spot to end it. Like we were talking about just kind of practical next steps. And I guess if you could, since we did talk about a lot of things, if you could kind of sum up like one thing that you want to leave people with, what would it be? When you hear the phrase or think of the phrase like love others like you'd love yourself or treat others like you treat yourself. I've always struggled with that, not because it's hard to love others, but because it's hard to love myself. And therefore, it's hard to compare and to say, why shouldn't they be given more than me? Mm-hmm. And yet, when it comes to being trans... I've found community where I never had community before. I have found deeper friendships by expressing myself, my true self now than when I did before I came out. And something as simple as being called by my name, the name I chose, is just an extreme form of love. It's saying, I accept you, whether or not that makes me uncomfortable. Mm. And it's acknowledging that it's not your choice. It's not your place to judge. It's not your place to say where this is on a scale of sin. It doesn't matter if it's a sin or not. 
like the first Christmas after it came out, and this is one of my favorite Christmas gifts I've ever gotten. It was like a cheap little gas station ornament my sister found, and it just said, it was like a snowman with like glitter falling off of it, and it said Logan. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that I had something with my name on it when I never had before. Like, I can't express how that hits. It's, it's like being seen when you've been invisible. Mm-hmm. It's being loved when you've been hated. And it's having the focus be on the right thing, not on why you're different, but why you're the same, why you're human. Mm-hmm. Think about what it means to be human and see what that other person is also experiencing to be human. You're both going to suffer. You're both going to have joy. And it's not your right to cause them suffering. It's not your responsibility to bring them joy. Hmm. But that is something you can gift them if you have the capacity to do so. And if you don't, it's probably not your business. Hmm. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> Since this is Logan's story and Logan's journey, usually I end with my final thoughts, but I want to leave it there since this has been, um, yeah, Logan's story. And I think he put that perfectly. So this has been another episode of the Lone Wolves Club podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Logan, for being willing to sit down and answer all of these questions and share your story. Of course. And I feel like I've also gotten to know you even deeper as a friend. So I really appreciated this evening. But all right, y'all, until next time. 